Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome everyone, this is Rafael Hernandez and you are listening to Believe in Barcelona. So yeah guys, this was definitely one of the best weeks of the year for Barcelona. First of all, because I would say that very few of us actually expected Barcelona to be in this position during many times the season, the, the season. And we can go back to the start of the season. I would say that very few of us would actually expect Barca to challenge for anything. Messi wanted to leave. We had a very a declining squad that simply wasn't renewed correctly. And of course, we at some point, Atletico Madrid was actually 12 points ahead of Barcelona in La Liga. So yeah, the the overall feelings surrounding the club were really poor too. Bartomeu was still in power. And to think how things have actually changed since then is nothing short of amazing. Bartomeu leaving in October, we had the elections delayed, a lot of controversy with Tuskets, and finally Laporta winning the comeback and winning the Spanish Cup. Everything was just was just completely unexpected and of course absolutely great the the cup win was amazing when put into context it was one of the hardest and most interesting cup wins ever for barcelona simply amazing and of course now after the defeat at el clasico few would have expected barca to be in a position where we can actually win the remaining six matches and we would be champions. But not only that, but actually we can win five matches and draw against Atletico Madrid and still win the La Liga. And this is such a privileged position. Real Madrid actually dropped points in two consecutive matches and that was fantastic for us. And of course, we had the big win against Getafe that fantastic first half fantastic performance by Messi and honestly the drop off in the second half was a bit worrying but before I get to that I want to discuss a little bit more of the situation that we we had this season and of course what an what an unprecedented bottle job by Atletico Madrid. Of course, it's not set in stone yet that they're not going to win the league. Barca could lose matches. Barca could drop points. Absolutely, it's football. Anything could happen. And Sevilla are actually in a very good position to actually be challenging Real Madrid, Barcelona and Atleti for the title in the in the final six rounds. And, and this is quite crazy. This is quite unexpected. Five rounds, actually, because Barca needs to play the delayed match against Granada that was delayed because of the Spanish Cup final. So yeah, first of all, let, let us begin with the with the Getafe game. Overall, Messi was absolutely incredible in that first half. He created every single chance in that in that half. He dominated Getafe. He scored two amazing goals and it was one of his finest performances this season without a doubt that was vintage Messi Messi at his best and not only Messi was great but Frankie De Jong too he was incredible and 
overall Frankie's year his entire uh, 2021 has been incredible he's been one of the best players in the world this year and no one seems to be talking about it he deserves a lot of a, a lot of uh, a lot of praise because he's been played as a center back for part of this year and he's actually perform performing very competent competently there in a in a back three not only that but when he when he plays in his preferred position he's been amazing too and overall he's like three of the world's best midfielders rolled into one he can do everything his drives and into to bring the ball forward were absolutely incredible and his participation on the goals too he's everywhere and this is exactly what barca needed barca needs midfielders like frankie the kind of that can dominate the match but dominate the match with the ball not without it because there are many great to work class midfielders in the world that can actually play very well without needing much of the ball but Frankie is all about the ball even though without the ball his marking his defending has really improved for the past two years since he joined from from Ajax and overall I'm really really pleased with how how he's playing lately and of course he he was really unfortunate with his finishing against Villarreal absolutely but i he has a lot he 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 has a lot of credit with us it's not something that worries me and of course it's not up to Frankie to actually finish chances it's up to the forwards let us not forget that Barca has re rarely relied on midfielders to score most of the the team's goals and of course we are missing a, a center forward we have missed it we have missed someone like yes Suarez for for most of the season even though if Suarez had stayed I've said it this many times before I think that he would have performed very poorly and he it was time for him to leave it was just unfortunate how he was actually basically he suffered an expulsion he was sent off from Barcelona and, and that was very ungrateful at the club it was one of the the biggest Bart Bartomeu mistakes and maybe we we might still regret it I'm not sure maybe if we win La Liga Suarez despicable exits from Barcelona the way that it was done will be forgotten but overall let us worry about that later and of course Pedri Pedri has really looked tired for the for the past few weeks he's absolutely exhausted he's gassed and he needs rest it was really welcome to see Pedri actually rested uh, against Villarreal for the second for the second half for Elix Moriba absolutely we need Pedri rested because the guy the kid actually the kid and Frankie have been playing almost all of Barcelona's matches since the start of the season it's not easy physically for the for the players let, let alone for a young player like him and of course one thing that really worries me about Pedri is not the drop in the quality of his performances but the fact that maybe overplaying Pedri might actually cause a damage to to his body much like much like of what happened to Michael and I would say that Owen is bad the best example 
of how overplaying can simply curtail a, a promising uh, world-class player's career. But I would say we are we just have a few more matches remaining, thankfully, and then Pedri can get more rest. Maybe he will be rested against Granada too. And I want to praise the, the Sergino Dest a lot. It's it was clear from the start that Barcelona wouldn't miss Semedo. I would say that right now even Wolverhampton would be wouldn't be missing Semedo. He was always mediocre, mediocre below average at times. So yeah, he's not missed, and the way that Dest is playing lately, he's doing everything that uh, Barcelona right back has to do when attacking. He takes risks, he loses the ball, yes, but it's part of his creation. But he does he doesn't hide. He's always fighting for the ball. He's always trying to dribble. He's always trying to create something, and that is really praiseworthy. Absolutely wonderful, and his first half against Villarreal was incredible too. And of course, how can we forget those two goals against Hell Sociedad too? Just incredible. This guy is a godsend for Barca, and of course, it's going to be much easier for Barca to pay 20 million for Ajax this summer. In case you don't know, Barca actually signed Des from Ajax for around 400,000 euros and the club was set to pay the rest of his transfer fee lately uh, later because the club simply didn't have money at least Bartomeu did something correctly which is a big surprise and speaking of surprises Lenglet has still is a liability he scored that unfortunate goal against Getafe I wouldn't put it on him absolutely not but it it, it was vintage or at least what we are expecting expected of Lenglet during the season he has made he has made so many mistakes at the back on goals penalties positional mistakes and I really hope that we can actually recover Lenglet to his best I'm not sure that we will but I think that he deserves to stay at least for another season to prove himself in a in a better environment because it it has been a few chaotic years for Barca and maybe he will develop better and recover his best form under a more stable environment at Barca. And of course we have Paul Torres at the other side during the Villarreal match too. He he's a very He's a very promising centre-back. Barca has had their eyes on Paul Torres for a long time now. And Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid too. So, unfortunately, the, the club really doesn't have money. It has a lot of transfer fees to pay. A lot of loans to pay back. So, I'm not expecting any kind of big sign in the summer. I just want to get this out of the way. And, of course, we have Eric Garcia too. Eric Garcia is definitely common. It's very, it's actually fantastic to see that Laporta is renegotiating the terms with Eric Garcia because what Bartomeu actually tried to do with Eric Garcia, just shower the, the kid with money for him to sign for Barca was really ridiculous. He hasn't even had a, a single, a single full season uh, of experience at the top level. That would be ridiculous. And of course, Busquets has been incredible. He's really picking up. In, he's really picking up speed. And I would say that we are really overlooking Griezmann's season too, or 
to better put it his year he has he's having a fantastic year for Bar- for Barca Griezmann that is he he scored he opened the scoring in the the cup final he scored many key goals in the Spanish cup and now he's scoring many key key goals important goals for Barcelona in the in the league too and of course absolutely fantastic finish to to level the to level the score yeah, against Villarreal and he was really smart to capitalize and another big mistake too to put us ahead that was fantastic I, I still don't think that Griezmann is the perfect fit for Barcelona maybe he never will but he is always willing to adapt he doesn't give up he's always trying and it was it was good to see Messi actually giving the penalty to Griezmann uh, and of course all of us wanted Messi to score the penalty and score his first hat-trick of the season, but Messi doesn't care about hat-tricks or records or, or anything like that. He, he cares about the team. And Griezmann actually answered Messi's kindness by scoring two goals against Villarreal, as I said. So it was a, a big, a massive win for the entire team. And I want to speak a little bit about Elikes Moriba too. He he is one of those special kids from La Masia that Barca actually made an effort to to keep at the club. I think that I said I said this in on previous podcasts too, and it was clearly worth it. It's clear that Koeman trusts the guy, and every time that he comes on pitch, he is doing things right. His positioning is great. The way that he holds onto the ball. The, the way that he plays, he plays in possession is, is absolutely fantastic. And it was really interesting to see that Elikes was actually covering Jordi Alba at times during the second half against Villarreal. Alba has has a tendency to go forward and simply forget to defend and Elikes was there in his position covering. And this was really smart for a kid of his age and... Little by little, I am starting to get convinced that players like Pedri, Moriba, and Minguesa, Araujo, they definitely have a place for the future of Barcelona. They all proved that they're all proving themselves in the in the hardest conditions possible. This was said to be a calamitous season for Barca, and the kids are stepping up. This is really. This is just fantastic to see the the kid showing a lot of character, and already praised Minguesa in the in the previous podcast episodes. But I want to do it again. He is doing things right all the time, and that assist for Griezmann to level the score against Villarreal absolutely incredible. The guy has a lot of character. Maybe. I really don't like to make this comparison, but maybe we have someone like Puyol, someone that is going to be similar to Puyol in our hands, because Puyol was some was always a, a technically he was he was gifted he was always a solid player, absolutely, but he he was never I would say tec- technically he was never uh, a perfect center back and he made up by. Never giving up, never giving up his mentality, his effort, his will, and I see a lot of that in Minguesa, and it really excites me. And yeah, I want to go back to and say that I didn't believe in Minguesa when he started playing. I thought that he was going to just he was just going to be some some La Masia player that we are going to even forget in a few years. And I'm glad that I was that I was proven wrong, absolutely. 
But overall, guys, I would say it's been a really pleasant week for Barca. Now that the league is in our reach, we can actually do this. We could actually finish the season actually winning the double. And that is unthinkable. That is miraculous, to say the least. And everything is in our hands. We have the Granada match in midweek and then things start to get tougher and there you have Valencia away and Atletico at home and then Celta and Celta and Levante too so all of these matches are really winnable can we win them all yes I'm confident and of course we have Messi and with Messi everything is easier everything is 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 possible and the form and the confidence of the thing after the Spanish Cup win has really taken a turn for the better too so overall I'm really happy with that and we can absolutely end up with the double and once again this is really shocking to say and by the way I'm really I really apologize I think that by now you have heard my dog barking on the on the background and I really I really tried to lock him up but he, his his uh, his barking is just too loud guys sorry so this is what you get from me on the on the the league campaign and all of that uh, and before I go I want to also comment a little bit about the Super League in case you don't know, I was really vocal on Twitter on how I was in favor of it. And before you lose, before you actually get mad with me, just listen to it a little bit so I can explain my reasons. So first of all, the way that the, the way that the Super League was announced was really precarious. It was pathetic. Just at the end of Sunday and then it, the whole it was just one of the biggest PR disasters that I ever seen in my life it was awful how things were done and if it was done with a little bit more tact and more transparency things could have happened and I am confident that nothing is going to happen at least not for now football is going to stay as it is or at least I wish it it would because the changes for the Champions League into 2024 are coming either way. Maybe they will push, they will be pushed forward to please the the big clubs. And now to explain why I support the Super League, I have a very different view of the future of the sport uh, as many fans. First of all, because I think that football isn't about the fans anymore it's been a few decades already and of course fans are important they they should be the most important thing in football yes absolutely i will always agree with that but it's uh, it's not that simple anymore because after the bosman ruling the bosman ruling and the rebranding of the england the english division one to the premier league and the involvement of sky and the in the TV rights for the Premier League and everything. It really changed the, the landscape of football. And now what we are seeing with the rise of the internet and now, of course, the massification of social media too. Everyone has a phone on their, and their pockets. Everyone has profiles on social media. So basically the biggest clubs in the world were seeing, are simply becoming bigger and bigger by the way. But by the day they are 
gathering a lot more strength a lot more a lot more money a lot more fans than others and i was look i was being optimistic about the super league if it was done correctly not 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 like the way it was announced if things were transparent and there was actually no founding members no fixed positions for these historical clubs i think the it was ridiculous the way that it was announced it didn't it wasn't going to war and there were 12 clubs under the three invited and how about the other five things just didn't make sense it was all, all very poorly explained and this was going to be a midweek competition it wasn't going to end the leagues yet if you ask many people about it people were actually many were actually thinking that the, the leagues were going to end and we were just going to have a competition all all year of the same clubs and absolutely that that would have been catastrophic and I can understand why people who misinterpret their things uh, it was it was the fault of the organizers of the Super League this is on Florentino Perez on Agnelli and on Agnelli and all the others involved it was just really poorly executed it was an embarrassment so getting back to things I would say that the Super Clubs and the the lack of equality between the richest and the poorest is getting wider, not only in football, but in football and in, in the world as a whole. I mean, I'm sure we have never had so many billionaires in the world and we are seeing this in football too because Real Madrid, Barca and Manchester United, Liverpool and by other clubs they are they're the billionaires of the football world and the then we have some millionaires yes absolutely clubs like leicester are, are a good example of that but at everton too but they have a lot less money a lot less pool and this will only get worse i would say that maybe in 10 years we are just going to have always the same always the same results in most of the leagues uh, like and uh, in Serie A in Italy, in the Bundesliga, it is already happening, and we already see it in France, unless PSG actually manages to bottle another league title. So overall, I think that this could have been a chance for the biggest clubs in the world to actually have a league for themselves midweek, compete in the in their country leagues, and do not participate in the cups. I would say leave the cups for the smaller clubs, and. Basically, I would say that it would drive more interest to to football as a whole because, okay, mo most of the superficial football fans, because not, not everyone that is a football fan is simply a diehard fan, right? So most of the, the, foot, the casual football fans or the occasional watchers are just going to tune in for the Super League. They always do it and they already do it. They only focus on the big clashes in the, in the Premier League and the big semifinals and final and sometimes quarterfinals in the Champions League. That wasn't going to change. So maybe a system that, that would actually could support the lesser clubs. But overall, this, this is just a, a talk for another day. Maybe dedicate a full podcast episode to ex actually explain my reasoning. But to put things simple, I just I am just of the mind that football is already far gone. We already have the the, the clubs with too much money concentrated on their hands, and the and the inequality is just going to get worse. So maybe it would be good if we could actually separate these clubs. One thing is for sure, guys, we we need solutions. 
changes to the game. And of course, ideally, I'm not in favor of a Super League. I would say a Super League is the is what I see as the most feasible, not the, but it's not the best decision. In my opinion, I would actually implement a limit to transfer fees, a limit to salaries, a limit to agent fees, and a limit to spending overall, and maybe even make the clubs actually they they have to give away part of their their profits to to do the to grassroots football in their countries. This would this is always welcome to actually invest in academies and raising more footballers. So we could get to the point where someday we could actually see five to eight really strong things on each league. We already have six strong things in clubs in in England, and maybe I would I would have liked to see this in another leagues, but this is really unlikely. Where well, one thing is for certain: change, drastic changes coming to football in the next decade, and I'm afraid there is nothing we can do to stop it, because the people that push the Super League they're going to learn and they're going to try to implement it again. So this is what you're getting from me today, guys. Always a pleasure to be recording this podcast. I'm a day late, but I, I just couldn't record it yesterday. So take care, my friends. See you on social media. And fingers crossed that Barca ends up lifting the double. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.